Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Today's guest is Amanda McAvoy, and she is the equine business lead for Beringer Ingelheim, also known as BI. Her career goes back to Muriel, where she worked on Ulcer Guard and Joint Health products. She then moved to BI. When the merger happened, she went into sales and did a brief stint even at Merck. She returned to BI as the head of the business unit in April of 2021, and she also rides cutting horses. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. We haven't had an episode in a while, and I'm just thrilled that you're my first guest back. Thanks so much for coming and being a part of Beyond the Saddle and uh, spending some time with us this morning. Thank you, Katie. I'm super excited to be here as well. And this is my first time doing a podcast, so I'm excited to have a new experience. Oh, well, we'll try to make it as fun as possible, I promise. I, I look forward to it. Talking about horses, that, that's always fun. Of course. Yeah, that's the best thing to talk about, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's start off with two truths and a lie. I don't know you very well, so I'm excited to hear your two truths and your one lie. And I'm going to try to guess which one is your lie. So in any order, read off your statements for me and we'll see how I do. Okay. I attended the University of Missouri and was on the rodeo team there. I started riding when I was 10. And I co-chaired the Women's Leadership Initiative for Beringer Ingelheim Vet Medica for about five years. Ooh, I believe all of those things. This is tough. <laughs> I'm going to say you probably started riding before you were 10 years old. Good guess. Yes. Uh, did I, I get it? I actually started when I was three, was when I was riding by myself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you were on the rodeo team. I was on the rodeo team at CSU. Tell me more. Well, I, I wasn't necessarily the star of the rodeo team, but I did enjoy it. And it taught me a lot of life lessons those four years, but I, I ran barrels and, um, you know, and traveled in the region and, and yep, learned a lot along the way. Had breakdowns and, you know, with trailers in the middle of nowhere and trips to places I had never been before. It was, it taught me a lot for sure. As one does when traveling with your rodeo rig, of course there's a breakdown. <laughs> of course. With oh a trailer, God. any kind of trailer, right? Even when you, you know, get a little older and can afford a little nicer one, there's still things that go wrong along the way. Of course. That's just our luck. I love it. Well, tell me about your, the women's, tell me again. So at BI, you were, you co-chair. Yes, I was the co-chair for the Women's Leadership Initiative. And so it is a diversity and inclusion group. We have several within BI. And I've, I was very fortunate to lead a group of about 350 women, myself and Dr. Kate Christmas, who also happens to be an equine practitioner. So apropos, I guess you would say. And we we grew that from 60 to about 350 and really focused a spotlight on women in the workplace and growing talent, development, you know, work-life balance and, and, and things like that within Beringer Ingelheim. And then there was an overarching group of diversity and inclusion that Beringer Ingelheim, you know, the, the corporate 
which also includes our human side, had a, a larger group that we laddered up to. So it was a great experience. Got to do a lot of neat things and work with a lot of great women and men. You know, that's one thing that people hear about something like Women's Leadership Initiative and they always automatically assume it's it's only for women. And it's like, no, this is the goal is to put a spotlight on women, but to, you know, have the support of the whole org. That is amazing. Going from 60 to 350 is that's no small feat right there. Holy cow. Well, we were very fortunate. We had a great group of women on our leadership committee and from all across our company, from everything from operations to R&D, the commercial business, which was ourselves. I, they spanned all, all different points and facets of, of our company. And it was, that was a, a true growth opportunity for me because I learned things that I had no idea that we did as an organization. So it was a lot of fun. I bet. That says a lot about the company as a whole, too, that you guys have this initiative and they gave you that space and the resources to do it. So I I just that makes my heart so happy to hear about a big company doing something so cool like this. That's awesome. I wish there was more of that. Agreed. You know, and I think that that's one of the keys to, you know, the, the future of the workforce is we have to continue to develop and embrace and, you know, strong teams are, are made by diversity of backgrounds and thought and, and how we show up. And, and we've got to do that. We've got to welcome all types of people and, and their thoughts and their backgrounds and stuff. For sure. Yeah, that's how we go forward. Well, for those who aren't as familiar, can you explain what a Barrier Engelheim is, what you do, who you are? Give us that background. Absolutely. Happy to. So Beringer Engelheim is a pharmaceutical company. We're actually the largest privately held pharmaceutical company in the world. It was started by Albrecht Beringer in Engelheim, Germany. And they have been making pharmaceuticals ever since then. And at some point, they entered the animal health business. And we have acquired different parts of other animal health businesses along the way and to arrive at where we are today, which is Beringer Engelheim Animal in the U.S. And we are now the number two animal health company in the United States. And we have pharmaceuticals and vaccines for many different species beyond equine. We have cattle, swine, poultry, cats, dogs, and one that I always throw in that I should have probably done two truths and a lie. We have a West Nile vaccine for alligators as well. Yes. Yes, I had no idea. Oh my goodness. It's a it's a very nice, you know, span of portfolio across many different species, which is, you know, we really take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, we are making not only animals live happier and healthier lives, but also their human counterparts as well. Yes, absolutely. To give some context, what are some of BI's products that people might be familiar for, you know, that they've heard their veterinarian talk about or seen in the farm store, just to help give that, paint that picture? Absolutely. So, we're very fortunate 
on the equine side in that we are the the leader in the the equine space and that is due to some really amazing products that lead our industry like GastroGuard for the treatment and prevention of ulcers, prevention of reoccurrence. We also have Percent, which is labeled for parasitary intermediate dysfunction. Another one that's been around for quite some time is a pioneer brand is Zemectrin. It's a dewormer. And then we go all the way down to our newly launched product just here in the last year or so of a Cervo Equihaler. Now that, there's some names that people know for sure. <laughs> Even if you're not familiar with BI, you are, right? <laughs> I mean, the new inhaler is just the coolest thing. Oh my gosh, I had a horse years ago that needed that. And like when I saw it for the first time, I thought, man, thank goodness somebody's out there making these things because what a need it fulfills. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it comes with very novel technology and, and a, an applicator that was actually designed by packaging engineers just for the horse and to have proper usage and, and proper administration of the drug. So it's super cool. And, and I encourage anybody that's listening that wants to know more about it to check it out on our um, Beringer Ingelheim website. Perfect. Yes. Love it. Well, so BI is doing amazing, cool, innovative things. Company with a ton, a ton of history. Thanks for helping us kind of see behind the curtain a little bit. But I want to talk about you and how you ended up there. So Amanda, tell us, what is your role with the company? So my role with the company is I lead the commercial equine business for the U.S. So what does that mean, right? That's a lot of words. Basically, I am responsible for the sales and marketing of the equine business here in the United States. Just a small job. It's well, we're, I'm very fortunate. It, it seems a lot smaller than and it may just because I have great people that work on our business and a, a truly amazing team, which, you know, I'm thankful for every day and and makes me want to get up and go to work every day. Oh, that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? I love that. Well, how did you get here? What was your journey? Well, I started out, so, you know, and I, I've listened to a couple of your other podcasts and it, I had to chuckle a little bit because I know at least one other person that was interviewed said, I went to school thinking I wanted to be a veterinarian. And, you know, I think there's a lot of us out there that have horses as little girls. And, you know, that's that's kind of what we see as the job that allows you to work with horses when you get older. And so I, I went to college and and was pre-vet and I quickly realized that, you know, that might not be what I really was interested in. Part of it could have been that I rodeoed a little too much, but the other part of it also was I just there was a lot of science and, you know, some things that didn't interest me as as much as I thought they would. And about the same time that I was coming to that realization, I had an agricultural economics class called Ag Sales. And our Ag Sales professor, you know, we learned about Ag Sales and such, but we also had guest speakers every so often. And there was a pharmaceutical representative from a company called Merck AgVet at the time that came in and talked about what he did. 
And I thought, oh my gosh, that sounds so cool. You get to drive around and talk to veterinarians and talk to producers and, you know, go to horse owner meetings and, and just represent product and wear, you know, cool shirts that have logos on them. And, you know, as a college student, it just, it was, it's, just seemed quite frankly, you know, like a really, really neat job. And so at that point in time, that was when I kind of reconcerted my efforts towards getting into industry and learning more about what that was and what the different companies were and, and that sort of thing. So I did that. I, it's hard to get a sales territory for anybody that's, you know, just starting out in their career and is frustrated. You know, I, I actually started with during the merger of Merck Agvet and Roan Maryu as a temp because I wanted a territory and I really couldn't get a full-time territory with no sales experience. So I took a temporary territory, a role for six months during the merger and just quite frankly, worked my tail off and, you know, tried to make as many calls as possible and work as hard as, as I could the territory in those six months and, and have it perform to the best of my ability. And it worked out pretty well because at the end of those six months and after the merger was completed, they offered me a full-time position. Wow. Nice work. Yeah. It was the start of a long career. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness for that ag sales class to inspire you. And then your grit just pushing through to make it really come to life. Well, at the time, I think I thought there was, you know, there's no other thing that I wanted to do more. And I'd already made the decision that I didn't, you know, think that being a veterinarian was in the future. So I, I, I think it was a matter of just continuing to move forward. Yeah, definitely. So they gave you the full time role. And then what developed from there? Yeah, so I the and one thing that happened with the full time territory geography is that it wasn't where I was living at the time. So I made the decision to take the the new territory and and moved to another state and worked that territory for about seven years and different variations of it. And met my husband and we had two children during that period of time. And then after that I was encouraged by one of my mentors to apply for a marketing position. She saw that I had some marketing acumen just inherently, not necessarily anything that was learned, but she thought I had a a good sense of it. And there was an associate marketing manager position open. So she said, hey, why don't you put in for that? So that was in 2005, did that, was fortunate to get that role and moved to Marielle's home office in Duluth, Georgia. Spent about six years in their home office and I was a cattle marketing manager for about half that time and then got the good fortune to be the GastroGuard, UlcerGuard and Equiox marketing manager at the end of that stint. And just really learned a lot through that process, had a lot of great opportunities and, and, and really grew during those six years. At that time, our kids got a little bigger and the grandparents were really far away and we were getting a lot of, you know, family innuendos that they wanted to see their grandkids more often and that 
So my husband and I made the decision that we'd start looking for opportunities back closer to to the Midwest so that we can be closer to family. And I had the good fortune to have a recruiter call me about a marketing position at Beringer Ingelheim. So we made that transition. And I've, I've been very fortunate since 2011 to hold several different positions within BI. About half of them have been on the equine team, and then the others have been on cattle, as well as I even did a three-year stint as a swine regional manager. And then about a year ago, April... I was, I put in my application to lead the equine business and went through that interview process and was chosen to take on the business. So I've been in this role for about a year and a half. Wow. So it's kind of new, but man, everything was sort of pointing to this place and, and here you are. Well earned. It it was, it's, you know, it, you look back on things and at the time there's been a lot of things that have happened through my career that I thought, you know, I'm not really sure why I'm doing this or I'm not sure, you know, why I didn't get this opportunity because there have been things that that haven't worked out. And when you arrive to kind of what you've been striving for for several years, you know that everything happens for a reason. And that I'm a big believer in that. If you don't see what what's in the cards today, just just wait a little bit. It'll play itself out for sure. Yeah, you never know. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions about your journey, but I'm going to try to keep myself focused. <laughs> kind of to to hearken on what you just said, right? That everything happens for a reason. I mean, it seems to me that every step in your career really helped you, right? Like the knowledge you had in sales helped you in marketing and then sort of led you down this road. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? How those experiences really are helping you in your role today? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's no matter what type of industry you're in, the the one thing that when I take on a new challenge is I like to look at it not about is it, a you know, a vertical move. It's more for me about is it going to add to my set of experiences and my toolkit, for lack of a better way to put it. So, you know, swine, for example, I, I not a not a pig person, have never been one, but I had a people leadership experience by that time. And, you know, they asked me to come over and, and lead a group of individuals. And I said, well, OK, and kind of, you know, just gave it my best shot. And the thing that I looked back on learning that contributed to strategic account management. So how do you, you know, handle larger organizations that are multifaceted and that have different people involved in decisions and, and different ways of operating than what we know is maybe more of a traditional veterinary clinic? And so that's enabled me as I've come back to equine and we have some of that going on in our space today to help advise and guide, you know, how we have those relationships with those larger organizations organizations that are in our space. So that's an example of, you know, adding to those sets of experiences and how it's prepared me. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's such a great way to look at it. And even if you think, man, like this is maybe not the trajectory I thought I was going to be on, but if you look at it from that perspective of yes, but look at all these skills that I'll be able to gain and add to my toolkit. That's pretty powerful.
October is for horses. Horse Week, brought to you by Beringer Ingelheim, is back for its second year. It takes place October 9th through the 15th. Don't miss a minute of the Horse Week action, including profiles of incredible equine athletes, storytelling that celebrates the horse-human bond, heartwarming tales of horse heroics, advice from world-class trainers, and more. Tune in from the barn, office, or the comfort of your couch. The Equine Network makes it easy to watch this week-long celebration from any smart device. Visit horseweek.tv today for more information and to start watching. Well, you've done amazing things. You've been on this great road. You're fairly newish in this role, a year and a half, kind of taking the reins on equine. What's next for you? What's what's your goals or what are you hoping to try or learn next? Well, I will say personally, I am learning how to be an empty nester because although it's been just a little bit over a year now, our daughter, who's our youngest, went off to to college last fall. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where too many life changes at one time, you know, is a little bit unsettling. So at the moment, more attention on the changes that are going on in our personal life. But professionally, you know, I, I just I feel like I haven't really perfected this role yet. So I haven't started looking beyond, quite frankly. You know, this, I want to do what's best for the Beringer organization, for the team. So we refer to ourselves as Equine Nation and so for the Equine Nation. And then I absolutely, you know, want to want to do what's best for the horse. So. Maybe once we get a, a couple more years, you can we can have this conversation again. You can ask me. I might have identified that, but at the moment, I'm I'm happy just to to be able to lead this awesome group that I have today. No, I love that answer because that's that's perfect. Like what what's on the horizon next is you know to grow into this role, right, and really lean into it. And yeah, balance. Congratulations on getting you know your last your baby out of the house and off to college. That's a big deal. <laughs> Thank you. It's uh, yeah, it's super exciting. Uh, our, we have our son is a senior at the University of Missouri, and then our daughter is her sophomore at Kansas State University. So, yes, a little bit of pride there. I, I'm not gonna lie. So. Oh my gosh! Yes, I imagine. <laughs> well, and they have such a great set of parents to look up to as role models, and I'm sure that you have given them great advice, whether they listen to it or not at this point in their. But we would love your advice. So, what advice would you give to someone that's looking to kind of take a track that's similar to you? So, first and foremost, you know, I think it's be open to the opportunities when they present themselves. So, kind of like we just touched on of, you know, don't have a specific thing that gets a very narrow focus in mind. Take things that you feel are going to add to your skill set and and work towards it. But to your point, it doesn't have to be direct. You know, sometimes, you know, the, the better view is to take the winding road. I'd say that's number one. Number two, you know, investigate the other things that are out there. And I still hear that today. And it's amazing once you get into the industry of how many fields there are that you can do, you know, as a as an equestrian and be around horses or have the horse at the center of what you think about every day. You know, it doesn't 
It doesn't have to be a veterinarian. You know, you've got the pharmaceutical industry, you have the feed industry, you know, we have an advertising agency and, and those that have an equine background got to step up, you know, when that ad agency got our business, because if they speak horse, for lack of a better way to put it, you know, they're just that much more prepared to dive right into our business and know what's going to, you know, speak in, in those advertising and promotional efforts. So there's a lot of things out there that you can do that still puts you as a part of the industry and, and just check them out, talk to people, make connections. That's the other thing that has been huge for me. And, and as I started with, with the Women's Leadership Initiative, networking. Make sure that, you know, you build that network, even as you're still in, if you're still in school, build your network and keep those contacts through the years. It's amazing how many people, you know, I was just at the Missouri State Fair, just a like last month. And I run into a friend of mine from college and she's working for the governor of Missouri in his communications department. You know, we chatted about industry stuff, you know, and that's somebody that I run into, you know, every so often we keep up or Facebook friends, things like that. And it's just great to have folks like that, that are still in your network after so many years that, you know, are there if you need to tap them. And they want to be there and vice versa, right? I'm here for them as well if they need something. I love those things. That's like the fun stuff too, right? Is where everybody has found one of those many, many, many niches in the industry. Like you were saying, like there's so much opportunity and so many different skill sets that this industry needs. And to find, you know, those connections you've made over the years and see them succeeding on their path, which looks very different than yours, but you're still connected in some way to the industry. That's like my favorite thing in the whole world. It's so cool. Absolutely. You know, one of my closest friends, she went to Auburn and was in animal science and she works today in more of an IT function. But if she didn't have the animal science, you know, background, she wouldn't have been successful when she first started in industry and, and, and ended up where she is because she needed to understand the customer, you know, she, the veterinarians and, and horse owners and stuff when she advised IT on how to set things up. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I wish I could. I just want to like preach to everybody with you, Amanda, that if you're in the industry, you know, whether it's ag or equine or both, like if you were raised that way, you have that passion, like that's what you're following. When you add that like business acumen skill set or that IT skill set or that marketing skill set, it just really makes you a force to reckon with in the industry because it's hard to teach somebody how to speak horse, <laughs> but you, know, exactly. you can learn how to run a computer, you know, or code, a website, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's really cool when you compare them together. I agree. 100%. Awesome. Okay. Well, along that same line, you know, you interact with a ton of different people across your great large company and all of your different partnerships as well. So you get to see a lot of different equine industry professionals in their various roles. So I'd love to know in your own words, what does it mean to you to be an equine industry professional? To be an equine industry professional means to me that I get to work in an industry that I love, supporting an animal that is majestic and a huge part of who I am, the fabric of who I am, and, and the fact that I get to help 
horses live healthier lives is it, it just it means the world, quite frankly. I, I feel and I, I said this this week, I had a presentation to some of our executive committee members from Ingelheim, Germany. And I started off with I'm thankful every day that I get to to do what I do to lead this business. I, I feel lucky, quite frankly. Oh, that's so powerful. I don't know if that's what you were looking for in that answer. Sorry. Yes, no, that's that's exactly what I want. Yeah, I mean, being an equine industry professional means so many different things, right? But I think it's it's more than just being a trainer. It's more than being a veterinarian. It's it's like you just said, like using finding that path where your passion makes the industry a better place. So that's perfect, Amanda. Love it. I'm gonna say no. I mean, horses are part of the fabric of who you are. So tell me about your horses. That's the fun stuff. It absolutely is the fun stuff. We are cutting horse enthusiasts. And I say that and use the term enthusiast, not competitor, because to be quite frank, when you have two teenagers and they have their own activities and those sorts of things, some of your personal interests get set to the back burner. So we're super excited. We can maybe put some of those things back on the front burner. And one of those is our horses. So we're excited that this spring we actually had a new filly that is by a horse called Tagline and out of a daughter of Pika Pep that I showed at the, the Big Fraternity down in Texas when she was three. And so she's kind of what our future is. And, and we, of course, you know, not to put all your eggs in one basket, but we're hoping that she turns into something special here in a couple of years. About that time, we'll hopefully have kids out of college and be able to afford to to go to a few places and do some things. We also, besides the Marinful, have a few gildings that are here. And I kind of joke that that we get the horses that that are kind of the problem children. So, you know, good horses, nice cutters, but maybe wouldn't pass a vet exam or, you know, different things like that. And and we have a very dear family friend that, that trains horses, so she knows when she's got one that's close to her heart, they can probably find a home here and they'll be well taken care of. So that's kind of how we ended up with our three gildings and and they they're they get to go on trail rides, but right at the moment we're we don't actively compete anywhere. Those are some of the best ones though. I love that. And you've got a little of each, right? You've got your three boys, you got your mare with her special foal. So you're well-rounded out in the barn. We are. And, you know, and it's pretty cool because we, I, one thing that we chuckle about is, you know, our kids didn't back in the day have a big interest in horses and they were, they had other things and, and they, they showed livestock and stuff growing up. But the horse thing, I think was always kind of, you know, their parents thing. And now as they've gotten older, um, they have a much increased interest and they come home and we ride now together and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. It's, it's turning up more into a family thing than it ever has been, which is pretty neat. Yeah, that is great. Well, and sometimes going off to college, you know, reminds you of those things that you are passionate about that you may have taken for granted. So <laughs> just give you a great time for that. That's that could be really fun. I think that's absolutely what has happened with them for sure. Well, good. Well, they'll be cheering you on then when that special filly really turns into what she can be. And so that'll be fun too to see them on the ringside as you go compete. 
I hope so. Well, we're, she's pretty cute. We're biased though. You know how it is. <laughs> horse people. We love to talk about our horses all the time. I, I, so the presentation I referenced earlier, I made sure that to include her in a, as a, one of the pictures in the presentation, just to remind those guys how cute the babies are. Yes, of course. A little personal touch. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Amanda, do you have like one moment from your history with horses that just stands out above the rest and really kind of shook you to your core that you could share with us? Shook me to my core in a good way or a bad way? Well, <laughs> either, right? No, you know, the biggest moment for me and it it was this i had a, a 3 year old and i went and showed at the National Cutting Horse Fraternity in their amateur division and i made it to the semifinals and it was the first time i'd ever shown down there it doesn't sound like a lot and but for me it was a big deal because i was just happy to be there and to feel like had earned the right to be there you know, and, and I was in the same set of cattle as some really big hitters and they didn't make it out. And I did. And then I made it through the second round and lo and behold, I, I made it to the semis. So, and got a check. And I know there's a lot of people that, that try to do that definitely more than just one year. So I was, that was probably the, the, one of the favorite moments that I have. Cause right after that, my daughter was about two at the time and she rode with me to to cool her off and it was I still remember that day it was neat that mare was really cool and special to me so that was the beginning of a lot of wins she ended up getting a nickname her nickname was check getter because we showed her in a bunch of smaller derbies as a four-year-old and like we won the Iowa Derby and some other things and like every time we we rode to the herd on her. She'd come out with a check. And so that was one of my herd help ended up nicknaming her that. And it kind of stuck. Check getter. So cute. Are you, it sounds like you might be a mare person. Are you a mare or a gilding person? Funny you say that. I am a mare person. It drives my <laughs> husband crazy because he's a gilding person. So, but I do like the challenge of the attitude. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love it. Hey, well, it paid off for you on check getter. So he can't argue with that. <laughs> Absolutely. And this, this mare that's turned into a brood mare, I, I earned a little bit of money on her as well. But And now you got a filly. So that's auspicious, I think. Absolutely. That was that was kind of the deal. So we had talked before this spring that if it was a filly, she was going to be mine. If it was a stud colt, then it would have been my husband's. But so I, he wasn't very happy. He was disappointed. I might, maybe you'll have to try again. Well, who knows? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so fun. Amanda, thank you again for spending so much time with us and being so willing to share your advice and your stories. I know that there's folks out there who've been inspired or who would love to work in the same kind of industry and vein that you do. Is there any way that they can connect with you or um, you know, with BI, the company, get involved? What should they do? Absolutely. I am on LinkedIn. So please look me up, connect with me on LinkedIn and would love to hear from folks. Folks, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to message me and, and reach out. I'm, I feel, again, very fortunate to be at a stage in my career where I, I am afforded the opportunity to, to hopefully offer some 
you know, career advice and, and thoughts. And, you know, I'm not by any means an expert and everybody has a different path, but I, I'm happy to be a sounding board and, and give you some of, of what's happened and transpired with my experiences. Bless your heart. Thank you so much for that. That's amazing. Just to sort of wrap things up, we've gone through a lot and talked through your whole career, you know, who BI is, what BI does, and of course, the great advice and your horses. So what is, what do you want to leave people with as like the number one takeaway from this episode, or maybe your favorite quote that you can share with us. So um, I will share my favorite quote. And, and that is the question isn't who is going to let me, it's who is going to stop me. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Saddle Podcast. Find more episodes anywhere that you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.